We're going to listen to the word of God. So if you could just join me in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you with a stammering, trembling tongue. It's not adequate to share the message you want shared this morning, and yet you want me to share it. So, Spirit of the living God, I pray you would move through me. I'm so grateful that your Holy Spirit is already living here amongst your people, in your people, and your Spirit will take that, that spotlight and shine it directly on our Savior. So I pray that in all of our eyes and all of our hearts, your Spirit would exalt our true treasure, Jesus Christ. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, so grateful to be with you guys this week. Um, I uh, am not at liberty to go into details, but uh, my wife and I and my family have been in a season of rather uh, extreme trials and difficulties. And uh, again, I'm, I'm not at liberty to share kind of what they are or what's going on, other than to say it's been one of the harder seasons in my life. And, uh, and something a couple weeks ago, a, a phrase, the Holy Spirit brought to my memory a phrase uh, from a scripture where it says that King David, before he was even king, says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. And I, I want to I just, together, dive into the, the situation that King David was in when he found that he had to strengthen himself in the Lord. So if you could turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. There, there should be a Bible in front of you, if anyone remembers old-fashioned Bibles with pages. That's there. That's, fr that's in front of you. You can also look it up on your phone. I, I promise I won't suspect your... Checking out your Instagram feed at the same time. <clears throat> so if you could read that with me, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. Starting in verse 1. And then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had carried out an attack on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, from the small to the great, without killing uh, anyone, <clears throat> and drove them off and went their way. When David and his men uh, came to the city, <clears throat> behold, it was burned in the fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and all the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. Also, 
David was in great distress because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. If you're not so familiar with the story, I want to just remind us a little bit about the context of what's going on. So David had already been spending years running from King Saul. I won't go into the whole history, but there was this horrible rift. David was supposed to be serving King Saul, and there was this horrible rift between David and and King Saul. And uh, uh, Saul had turned on him and was attacking him and chasing him down. And so David was fleeing from location to location, running away from King Saul. And this had been going on for years. David finally found a a sort of a, a refuge in this this area called Ziklag, and he had gathered to himself a group of of people who, uh, for many reasons, were kind of outcasts, and uh, it sort of the it sort of became the island of misfit toys, if you will, uh, that David gathered around him, and uh, and 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 because uh, King Saul was attacking him and chasing him, uh, David had uh, kind of hired himself out to the Philistines, who'd been his sworn enemies, and the Philistines. We're like, okay, you can, you can stay here in Ziklag. We'll let you do that. And so David had been living for years as an outcast, as uh, he'd been on the run. His whole life had always been in danger now for, for years. And, uh, and then the worst possible thing happened. His, his, uh, his encampment at Ziklag was attacked and burned, and everybody in it was taken captive while he and his men were out on a raid, they came back and found that all their wives and children had been taken captive. Now, <clears throat> this was so long ago in, in a different country so far away that many of us, it's hard for us to relate with, uh, with this. It's, it's so big. It's so extreme. However, I do know that there's many of you in this congregation who have come from war-torn countries where you've had a taste of something like this, where you have had an experience uh, not too dissimilar from David's experience uh, of, of, of being attacked, being on the run. And, and, then, and then even those of us who haven't had that similar experience, many of us have had situations we've been in where uh, life feels like it is upended. We feel like we are attacked. We feel like we're on the run. We feel like we're being chased down. I want to hear some amens because I, I, know, I know I'm not the only one who's felt that way. Amen, okay? And, and, and there's a few of you, I know uh, some of your stories, a few of you have been feeling that way right now. Is there an amen? Okay, a few of you have been feeling like life has been treating you that way right now. And, and, and even, even though you've been on the run and being chased down and, and, and things are, are hard, suddenly things get even worse with this total destruction of, of, of the camp. Uh, and, and, and suddenly your life just falls apart. It was already bad, and you, you probably, anyone had that experience where you were just thinking, life couldn't get any worse? Then boom, it gets worse. Okay, a few amens? Okay. That's what was going on with David. And then look at verse 6 here. It says, also, David was in great distress. You think? He's in great distress? Okay, this happens. Because the people spoke of stoning him, all right? So it wasn't bad enough that his own wives and children had been 
uh, kidnapped. It wasn't bad enough that all the wives and children of his men had been uh, taken captive and all their possessions had been uh, either destroyed or taken away. It, that wasn't bad enough. Now, the very people he was supposed to lead, the very people who are supposed to be supporting him, are turning on him, and they're embittered because of their own sons and daughters, which on the one hand is natural, but they're taking it out on David. It's not David's fault this happened, okay? But, last line of that verse, it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So, how did David do this? I, 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 I want to understand. How did David strengthen himself in the Lord? If, if we were to, if we had time to read the rest of the story, we would discover ta David uh, pretty quickly turns around and gets right back into the action. What did David do at this lowest point this horrible, horrible point. What did he do to strengthen himself in the Lord? Well, fortunately, uh, we have at our disposal the whole book of Psalms, much of which were written by King David himself. And we don't know if one of the Psalms was directly written about Ziklag, about this specific situation. Uh, there, there's 11 Psalms that specifically say, specifically mention the, the situation that David was in. And uh, they don't mention Ziklag, so we don't know that. But it stands to reason that uh, it's very likely that at least one of the Psalms was written in response to Ziklag. And so I'm going to pick one of David's Psalms here. And, and again, we don't know if this one specifically was written for Ziklag. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's not too much of a stretch to think that it, it was. So if you could turn with me to his psalm, to Psalm 31, Psalm 31, and I'm just going to read through that psalm, and as we're reading through it, I want to encourage you, pay attention to how David clings on to various truths, various truths about God. We're, we're going to see as we read through it, we're going to see David's wavering heart, we're going to see how oppressed he felt, how crushed he felt, how despairing he felt. And yet, at several points, also through the psalm, we're going to see how David clung to the truth. So I'm, I'm going to read from uh, the New American Standard Version. Uh, the version in your pews is called the, new, is called the uh, NIV, the International Version. A few different words, but they, they mean the same thing. So starting in verse 1, "'In you, Lord, I have taken refuge.'" Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be a rock of strength for me, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For the sake of your name, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord God of truth. I hate those who devote themselves to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice 
and be glad in your loving kindness because you have seen my misery and you have known the trouble in my soul. And you have not handed me over to the enemy. You have set my feet in a large place. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and body too. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my guilt and my body has wasted away. Because of all my adversaries, I've become a disgrace, especially to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street, they flee from me. I'm forgotten like a dead person, out of mind, like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take my life. But as for me, I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of the enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Let them not put me to shame, Lord, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silent in Sheol. Let the lying lips be speechless, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of, man, of mankind. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of mankind. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has made his loving kindness marvelous to me when I was in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I'm cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless. Did you hear that? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. You heard the sound of my pleadings when I called to you for help. Oh, love the Lord, all his godly ones. The Lord watches over the faithful, but fully repays those who act arrogantly. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Did, did you guys hear how David wavered back and forth between despair and hope? Isn't that like us a lot of the times? We're right in the thick of the trial and we get this little flicker, this little glimpse of some hope. Then moments later, we're right back in the thick of despair. And then the Lord will give us a little lifeline and then we're right back in the, in, into the depths of despair. You, did you notice how David one moment felt crushed, the next moment encouraged? 
One moment there was some hope, and the next moment he was just a puddle of despair that needed to get scraped up off the ground. Aren't we like that? I, I know I'm like that. I know the season that my wife and I have been going through recently has been like that. But did you notice how hope wins out in the end? Look at what he claims in, in verses 23 and 24. Love the Lord, all you godly ones. The Lord watches over the faithful, but fully repays those who act arrogantly. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Or could be translated, all you who hope in the Lord. It wins out. Hope wins out in the end. And so my encouragement to you this morning, when you are in the depth of darkness, when you are in the depth of despair, Look at how David clung to various truths. Verses, uh, look at, um, there's all these clues in the psalm. Uh, look at verse 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. For these, your, the sake of your name, you will lead me and guide me. Or uh, what about verses 7 through 8? I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness because you have seen my misery and you have known the troubles of my soul. Did you know that when, you are, when your soul is troubled, the Lord sees it. He sees you in the troubles of your soul. He sees it. What, what about uh, verse 15? My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Did you know that some of us go around walking around today as if the times are not in the Lord's hand? We're like, oh, well, I, I know he handled those times in the past, but boy, huh, I don't know about these times. These times, whoo, they're, uh, they're some of your harder times. I don't think they're, uh, I don't think we're going to make it through this one. The times are in the Lord's hands. Even this time is in the Lord's hand. Whoever gets elected next, the times are in his hands. Did you know that? The times are in his hands. They always have been. You can put your hope in that. David did that. In the middle of Ziklag, the middle of his wives and his children being stolen away, David was able to say, my times are in your hands. You can say that too when you are in the middle of darkness, when it looks like chaos is reigning, when it looks like all has been lost. You too can say, my times are in your hands. What about verses 19 through 21? Imagine David saying this. His, all of the people are ready to stone him. They've picked, they probably picked up their stones. They're grumbling. They're angry. They're taking it out on David. And in the middle of it, David says, How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you. Imagine that. He probably had some of his closest friends coming at him, holding stones, total devastation, and he was able to say, how great is your goodness. And not just how great is your goodness, the goodness you stored up for me. Did you know you can do the same thing when you are in the, the thickest, darkest place? You can say, you know what? This is hard. This is so difficult. But the Lord has stored up goodness 
for me, and not just a little trickle of goodness, how great is the goodness which he has stored up for you and me? How great? Do you even realize the dimensions of the greatness, of the goodness that the Lord has stored up for you, which he is working even now for you? If you are one of the people that takes refuge in him, he is working such amazing, the, the dimensions of the goodness are beyond what your imagination can wrap itself around. That's how great, we, we can't even, we could, we could try to describe how big the dimensions of his goodness are. We can't do it. David couldn't do it, but he knew that the dimensions were so great, they were so vast. And he was able to say that with his friends holding the stones right in front of his face. David, you're going to have to fix this. Are you, this is your fault. He was able to say, how great is the goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you. And then he was able to say, you hide them. You hide us in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. The conspiracies of man. His life was almost undone by the conspiracies of man. And yet he's able to say, you hide us in the secret place of your presence. You too can be hidden in the secret place of the presence of God. Even with the conspiracies of man all around you. And then how he says this. And he says, verse, in verse 21, he's actually able to, in the middle of the darkness, able to say, Blessed are you, Lord, for you have made your loving kindness marvelous to me when I was in a besieged city. Right now, I feel like I'm in a besieged city. In a besieged city, there's really no hope. Water supplies are cut off. Food supplies are cut off. Uh, there's no hope coming. There's no army that's going to come and rescue the day, rescue you out of it. In a besieged city, you're, you're kind of waiting until you starve and die. But David was able to say, you have made your loving kindness marvelous to me when I was in a besieged city. It doesn't matter how hopeless you feel right now, how thick the walls of the besieged city feel, how vast the army appears around the besieged city. You too can say with David, you have made your loving kindness marvelous to me when I was in a besieged city. I want you to pay attention to something else David clings to in the middle of this. Did you notice how David chose to believe against the evidence. The evidence was our wives have been stolen, our children have been stolen, our belongings have been stolen, things have been burned down, there's nothing left, my own people are going to kill me, this is the end. David chose to believe against the evidence. Verse 6. He says, but I trust in the Lord. But I trust in the Lord. Did you know that you can say against the evidence? Right now, the evidence is very clear. It is stacked up against you. Right now, the evidence is very clear. The end is near. Your demise is coming. You can say 
but I trust in the Lord. Look at what he says in verse 14. But as for me, I trust in the Lord. But as for me, I trust in the Lord. Look at what he says in verse 22. In verse 22, it starts out, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from before the Lord. How many of you have felt at one point or another, even if you're not feeling it right now, I'm cut off from before the Lord. He doesn't even see me. He doesn't even see what's going on. This is what David said. Nevertheless, 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 you and I right now need the Holy Spirit to come up inside of our hearts and shout into our hearts, nevertheless, nevertheless, right when you feel like you are cut off from before the eyes of the Lord. And God doesn't even see what you're going through. God hasn't, doesn't have a clue what you're going through, it seems like, to you. You need to do what David did and say, nevertheless. You know who else prayed this psalm? The darkest. The darkest hour, not just of their life, but the darkest hour of history. Jesus quoted this psalm. And he said in uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 46, he quoted when he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit from verse five. Now, like a good rabbi, Jesus almost certainly had this whole psalm memorized. I'm sure he had all the psalms memorized. Most good rabbis back then had the whole Bible, the whole Testament memorized. And so most scholars would agree that Jesus wasn't just quoting that one line. Jesus was probably rehearsing the whole psalm as he hung there dying. Now, unlike David, David was just threatened with death in this moment. David was just threatened with loss. His women and children, uh, even though they'd been kidnapped, they were still alive. We find out later in the story, they get them back. Jesus wasn't just threatened with death when he died. He actually endured the full blow of death when he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And this means while Jesus was dying, while Jesus was surrendering his life so that you and I could go free. While Jesus was pouring out his blood for us, while his body was being broken for us, so that our sins could be atoned for and we could be reconciled to God. While Jesus was doing that, that means Jesus quoted in his head, verse six, 
but I trust in the Lord. It means that Jesus, while, his felt, while he felt the energy draining from him, he was able to say, how great is the goodness which you have stored up for those who trust you. It means Jesus, while he was dying, was able to say, in, along with verse 14, but as for me, I trust in the Lord. It means that as he was dying, Jesus was able to say, you have made your loving kindness marvelous to me while I'm in a besieged city. How could anyone be more besieged than Jesus? Betrayed, beaten up, given over, rejected, hanging as a, as a common criminal, dying a shameful death on the cross, blood being poured out, people mocking him. And yet Jesus was able to say with death right in front of his face, your, you have made your loving kindness marvelous to me while I was in a besieged city. That means while he was dying, he gets what you and I go through. It means he was going through the same struggle David did. He, he was saying to himself, uh, oh Lord, um, he was able to say, um, because of my adversaries, I've become a disgrace, especially to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Jesus gets it. Jesus gets what we're going through when, we're, when that is happening to us. It also means that at the lowest point, even as Jesus' breath was leaving his body, somewhere in the back of his mind, he was able to say, nevertheless. 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 The worship team could come on up. We are going to... We, uh... Wrap up. God, we... We are so grateful when you were dying on the cross, even though you were in a besieged situation, you were able to say, nevertheless. I pray now that as everyone leaves here, goes out into the world to be your witnesses, witnesses amongst our neighbors, our family members, our, our co-workers, I pray that a nevertheless would rise up in the spirits of your people. A nevertheless, that even as darkness is staring us right in the face, crushing us, persecuting us, bringing us down, along with David and especially along with Jesus, we'd be able to say, nevertheless. So now would you go with divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the unlimited and unmerited approval of God the Father, and the almighty love of Jesus God the Son. Go in his great name and be his disciples all the world. And yep, Come and tons of energy and resources poured into that. Come and take a look at that on your way out. God bless you guys. Amen.